Well, what a privilege to be speaking to you all on Mother's Day. Now, those who are very observant will have noticed that I'm not a mother. And you might think I'm not qualified to speak on Mother's Day, but I'd like to just say that because I have a mother, I think that gives me the, uh, the right to speak. So on behalf of all the mothers, we want to thank you. For, on behalf of all the children, we want to thank you, mums, for all that you've done for us uh, over the years. So we, we bless you. I'd like to turn your attention to a story in Exodus chapter 2. In fact, in it, I'm going to widen my brief from just mothers. And I'd like to speak about three ladies, one who may have been a girl, but I'm going to call them all ladies, three ladies who made an absolute difference, not only to their situations, but to God's great plan of redemption. I'm going to speak about a mother who had faith, a sister who was obedient, and a daughter who had compassion. And those three characters are found in Exodus chapter 2. It's the story of Moses in the bulrushes. So let me read the story to you. Now a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. And when they could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him, and coated it with tar and pitch. And she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. When she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl to get it, she opened it and saw the baby. He was crying. She felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she said. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby, nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. And when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Very pivotal story, not only in the history of Israel, but very much in the story of redemption that finds its fulfillment and completion with the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. It might sound like a very domestic story of little significance, but I hope that as we look at it, we'll just see just how wonderful this is. So we have a mother of faith, a sister of obedience, and a daughter of compassion. Well, the background to the story is this. The children of Israel went to Egypt. There was a famine. We have the story of Joseph. And then we find in verse 1, or in chapter 1, verse 8, we read these words. A new king who did not know about Joseph came to the throne. So everything changed for Israel. The memory of Joseph was gone. And all that this new Pharaoh could see was the, is summed up in verse 9. They had become too numerous for us. And this Pharaoh became insecure. He thought, we've got a nation within the nation. And if our enemies attack, they'll turn against us and fight for our enemies. So he decided to commit what I think would be genocide as far as I'm concerned. He decided 
and eventually would arrive at that, that he would persecute the Hebrews. It's his first tactic was to oppress them with forced labor. In verse 1, uh, verse 11 and verse 14, he said he made their lives bitter with hard work. Without being humorous, I, I don't know whether his thought was, if I work them too hard, they're too tired to have a family, then the numbers will decrease. So he brought in and made their life bitter through hard work. That did not stop the Hebrews multiplying. Then his second tactic is in chapter 1 and verse 16. He asked that the midwives, when they were helping the children to be born, that the male children would die and the daughters would be allowed to live. Well, the midwives refused to keep the king's edict, and God blessed them for it. And so the Hebrews still continued to multiply. Then we come to this horrible part of the story. And because I'm not aware of just who is listening, I will be very circumspect in what I speak about. Pharaoh then decided that the male children should be put to the river. And that became a place of death, I'm afraid. Later on, you know, we're going to hear about the story, not this morning, about maybe the 10 plagues. And one of the plagues was the firstborn, and it seems so harsh. But when you think of what Pharaoh did to these children, then the judgment matches. It's almost as if whatever Pharaoh sought to do to the Hebrews, God remembered it and dealt with Pharaoh later on. Well, um, that's the situation we're in. And here we come to the family now. We've got the nation, we've got the edict, the male children must die. Um, we come to this story, it said there was a man of the house of Levi married to a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. Now, the book of Hebrews in chapter 11 gives a list of what we've come to know as preachers, as the, the heroes of faith. And in that list of heroes of faith, I'm always surprised who's in that list and who isn't. But in Hebrews 11:23, it says, by faith, Moses, his parents hid him. And so we're told straight away in Hebrews what the motivation was for them hiding the boy. And um, it wasn't just that they thought nothing else. It was actually a step of faith. They believed that God would intervene in this boy's life and would save him. And so out of faith, it tells her there what she did. Um, she hid the boy, it tells her there, um, for three months. So she was able to keep the boy hidden for three months. Then it became maybe difficult to do that. The child is growing and maybe crying a bit louder, but it just became impossible for him to hide him. So she came up with a plan. And the plan was to get a basket, make it waterproof, put the baby in it, and sit it in the river in a place of where it was hidden from any of the soldiers that would come looking for the children. First thing I'd like to say is this. I'm thrilled that this woman not only had faith, and may I just say dad was involved in this as well. He's mentioned in Hebrews 12. But it seems now the story's taken up by mum. Although it was faith, it was faith with action. I meet people who say, well, I believe in God for something. You see, I'm believing God to lose weight, okay? But God's expecting me to eat less and do more. So I have to cooperate in that. There's things we have to do. And Moses' mom didn't just say, oh, I'm believing God, hallelujah. She said, I believe in God, and I'm going to 
cooperate with God. I'm going to use my initiative and my heart. I'm going to take the child and put the child in a place of safety. And then I'm going to wait and see what God was going to do. It tells us when she saw the child, he was a fine child. And Acts 7.20 said he was no ordinary child. And so there was something about this baby that had maybe the hand of God upon it. How that is, he was particularly good looking. He was a beautiful baby. I think he was a good looking baby. I happen to be a good looking baby. I just don't know what's happened since. But uh, that's another story. But he was, and maybe that was part of God's plan for Pharaoh's daughter. Who knows? But it says she hid him in the house and then she had a plan and she had action and she made the basket for him. And so I applaud the mother in our story. We're going to look at a daughter and we're going to look at a sister in a moment. But I applaud this mother whose love for her child was such that she believed God would save him, that maybe had a purpose for him, and she played her part in this story. But there's something else I have to applaud his mom for. We find towards the end of the story in verse 10, it says, when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter. As I talk about the story, that will become clear. But to speed to the end, there came a point where the baby had to be returned to Pharaoh's daughter. And the mother was prepared to make that sacrifice. I cannot imagine what she felt like when she took the child and handed the child over to Pharaoh's daughter. Um, certainly not a mother, but I know as a father, the thought of that would be horrendous, whether your children or your grandchildren, the thought of handing them over. But you see, when you have faith that God is in control, when you have faith that God has a purpose for your life, the sacrifices are not sacrifices of fear. She put aside her natural instincts of motherhood, knowing that the purposes of God were going to be fulfilled. She'd rather her child lived with someone else than maybe died in her home. And so we see that. And I know that even listening here, I don't need any prophetic help. There will be people listening to this who sadly have lost children. Well, she handed her child over to Pharaoh's daughter. We've handed our children over to the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no safer place for them. Well, there we have the mother, the mother who had faith, the mother who had um, uh, was prepared to sacrifice and had a plan of action. Well, now we move a little further on in the story and we find that there was a sister who came to the situation for us. We have the, the mother, now the sister. It says in verse four, his sister, now we know that is Miriam. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. One commentator says that Miriam was possibly only five years old. Well, that's fine. Maybe you can do some research for me and come back to me with that information. But if the mum spoke of faith, then Miriam, his sister, spoke of obedience. She went and she stood. This is the point. Moses is in the bulrushes. It says there his sister stood at a distance. Right, so not to draw attention to the child, to see what would happen. Sometimes, you know, God expects us not only to have faith, to play our part, but sometimes we have to be patient. 
and obedient and just stand and wait and see what God is going to do. I don't doubt there are many of you who've asked God for things, very important things, not selfish things. And sometimes we just have to stand at a distance and just see what God is going to do. And Miriam, as a young child, was obedient to her mum's instructions, obedient to the will of God, and stood there to see what was going to happen. I believe they believed that God would step in. I believe that the faith they had was that their boy, their brother, would not be in that water for long, but would be restored to them. So there we have it. The sister stood by at a distance to see what would happen. And what did happen? Well, very simply, verse 5. God moves in verse 5. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking on the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent a slave girl to get it. I don't know whether um, Moses' mum knew this was the time that Pharaoh's daughter came down to the river to bathe. We don't know. If she did, well, again, it's her showing initiative in this situation which we applaud her for. But if she didn't, what a divine appointment. The baby goes in the bulrushes, the sister's standing there, and lo and behold, the answer comes from a very, I think, unexpected source. A very You don't normally expect Egyptians to be helping Hebrews at this situation, but that's what happened. Well, not only that, but it says there that when she saw the basket, so she opened and saw the baby, he was crying, and felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. She immediately realized what was happening. The child was being hidden. Then his sister comes to the rescue again. His sister said, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? What an absolute... No, there was no mum's prompting for his sister Miriam. There was no script to work to. I don't think she had any idea how this would work out. But immediately she stepped forward with a fantastic suggestion, uh, showing great wisdom, thinking, well, if you have the baby, how are you going to nurse it? I've got a mum at home, and she just didn't speak about that. Shall I get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? And in verse 8 it says, yes, go. So we have the mum with faith, we have the daughter with obedience and initiative. Do you know what? We need wisdom. You know, we need wisdom. I used to have hundreds of books. I, you know, and you, I had books and books and books that were full of knowledge. But it was wisdom that brings the application to knowledge. How wise this girl was to come up with a suggestion of getting a Hebrew woman to do it and then going to fetch Moses' mum. A divine appointment, if ever there was one. Well, the plan is now opening up that God has. We find there that um, Pharaoh's daughter says, yes, go. But I'd like to just look at Pharaoh's daughter. You might think, well, how can Pharaoh's daughter be held up as an example? Moses' mother was a Hebrew. Miriam was a Hebrew. How can you possibly think that Moses's, uh, Pharaoh's daughter, pardon me, could be a hero. Well, let's have a look at the story. The scriptures are full of God using non-believers to fulfill his will. I think of uh, the Cyrus uh, allowing the Israelites to go back to the land. We have the story of Daniel 
and uh, his relationship with Nebuchadnezzar. Lots of stories where unbelievers were used for the purposes of God. And this is one of those occasions when Egypt thought it was going to finish the Hebrews and God's plan. And God steps in and uses one of the royal household to bring up a child that one day would be the great redeemer of Israel from Egypt. Not the redeemer, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, but the redeemer of Israel from Egypt. Let's just look at this lady for a moment, if I may. First of all, we don't know her name. There's some lots of discussions about which pharaoh she was the daughter of. But first of all, it says there, when they saw the baby, it says he was crying and she felt sorry for him. Do you know, if ever a baby cried at the right time, this baby did. Um, it was a good-looking baby and he started to cry. I don't think there's any of us that when a baby cries, we don't want the baby to stop. If it's your child and it's the middle of the night, you certainly want it to stop. I mean, even in the street, there's something about us wanting to go and try and make the baby smile or stop it crying. Well, Pharaoh's daughter, it says there, felt sorry for him. So Pharaoh's daughter shared compassion towards this child. It tells us she knew it was a Hebrew child, but she had compassion for him. She felt sorry for him. How wonderful to think that even this, if I may say, unbeliever, let's just speed things up, had compassion. God used that. The baby crying, the baby in the bulrushes, and Pharaoh's daughter had compassion. But she not only had compassion, I think she was a courageous woman because her father had made an edict that the children should die. And here she was going against her father's wishes, flouting the law of the land, not knowing that it was part of God's tremendous plan for Moses to be their deliverer. So she had compassion, she had courage, and then she was generous. When uh, Moses' mum was brought in by Miriam and said, look, here's a lady that will nurse the child for you, look after the child. She said to him, will you look after the child? He said, and I will pay you. So I'd like to applaud even Pharaoh's daughter in our story for her compassion, for her courage, and for her generosity. And then it says in verse 10, he became her son. Now, I'll qualify that maybe in a moment. He became her son. But in becoming her son, he was now safe. There was no way anybody was going to do anything against Moses now because he was under the shelter and the protection of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, there were many children who were not saved in Egypt at that time. I know that. But this child was set apart by God. He was going to be the deliverer. There's a day coming when this baby would walk back into Pharaoh's palace, not as Pharaoh's daughter's adopted son, but as the servant of God, and would declare to Pharaoh, let my people go. The challenge was there very much. Hebrews 11.24 says to us there, that he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, or he was brought up as Pharaoh's son. He learned the language of Egypt. He learned military strategies. He learned, he learned so much that was later going to prepare him for leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, round the wilderness, and on the verge of entering the promised land. 
all of this was preparation. Or oh, the miracle, first miracle, was him being saved from the river. The second miracle was he got free university training in Egypt that would equip him one day to come back, take a stand for God, and lead the people out. He refused to be known as Pharaoh's daughter. His mother influence triumphed the Bible. He may have had the education of Egypt. He may have had the clothes of Egypt. He may have had all that went with Egypt. But in his heart, he's his mother's son. And what an influence mothers can have, that even with all that Pharaoh's daughter could provide him, all the luxury that went along with this adoption, when it mattered, Moses stood true to God. I'd like to say that all Christian children are, are who, all children who have Christian parents, they all go on with God. Sadly, we know that's not always the case. But the influence of Christian mothers and fathers is something that is sown. And if at this time you're going through a tough time with your children, pray for them. Believe like Moses that although they may be in Egypt, they will always be God's children and come back to him one day. Well, our story is almost complete. You say, well, where does this fit into the bigger picture? Well, the bigger picture is very simple. Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses led them in the promised land. Then we have the nation. We have the temple. We have so much history there. And it was all in preparation for a greater than Moses, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Israel were slaves. Israel were in bondage. And God raised this baby up. And one day he would return and lead the people to freedom. And that's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. The Bible says we were dead in our trespasses and sins. But God didn't send us a Moses. He sent us his only begotten son. And the scripture that many of us know well, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I applaud Moses for being the deliverer of Israel. But I worship the Lord Jesus Christ for being the saviour of the world. My saviour. And he can be your saviour as well.